So if I had to sum up my current mood for the entire world right now, to quote the great theologian Will Ferrell. Everybody love everybody! Come on! I mean, is it that hard? (laughs) Welcome to episode 105 of Amen Brother Ben. We are the podcast that keeps you focused on God and acting like Jesus and loving people. At least I hope you are. We've talked about loving God and we're about uh, to talk some more about how to love people, not just people in touch, not just the people in need, but this is the hardest one of all. How to love people in opposition, how to love your enemies. Hey, you're called to do that as a Christian. Yeah, you. You got to do it. It's it's a part of, it's a part of the job description. It's not just for the pastors. It's not just for the super mature churchy le- leaders and whatever. No, everybody, you included, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, you are called and compelled to love your enemies. Jesus lays that down. And that there so there are a subgroup of of love people, right? Like again, the the whole premise of this week is you love God, and you love people. You love your neighbor. And uh within that are a few subgroups and one of those are your enemies and Jesus goes on to say uh that you, you got to love your enemies. Again, let's take what I told you yesterday that that we are supposed to emulate the love of Jesus. Right, how he loves us, we're supposed to love others, and the Bible is really clear. I believe it's in Romans eight, where it says that we are, uh, or somewhere in Romans, it says that we were while we were still enemies. Maybe it's Romans five. Anyway, while we were still God's enemies, God considered us an enemy, and while we were His enemy, Christ died for us. He laid down His life for the enemies of God. That has got to to cement in our hearts the desire and uh, the motivation to love people that we consider our enemies, people that are against the causes that we are for. Because, again, apart from Christ, we we are heading in a whole different direction than God. Uh, we, we are existing in antithesis of God. And so... That's how we show Christ-like love. It's just a part of it. It's just it's an outcropping. It's an out uh, expression of loving uh, people the way Jesus loves us. And so, um, let me before we we get into the specifics of an enemy, I want to make sure that you understand what an enemy is, because an enemy is not someone that hurts your feelings necessarily. Uh, an enemy is not someone that votes differently than you, right? Like we. <laughs> The people in Washington have done a really good job of pitting the American people against each other. We we see the other side as enemies, and I think we see them as enemies unnecessarily. Most people, I'm not saying all people, but most people in this country, uh, just because they vote differently or have a different view of the world than you, that doesn't make them your enemy. But for some reason, for the devil has lathered each other, lathered us up uh, to go against each other. They've he's fomented all this uh, hostility and an us versus them mentality that is not productive and is not healthy. And so we're we are finding enemies in places where they sh- we should be realizing that they're allies, that they're friends. Uh, but even if they are our enemies, 
We are called to love them anyway. And you know what I've noticed? Enemies don't form overnight. Like you, someone doesn't become uh, uh, your arch enemy like like that. The best way that we can nip in the bud uh, the, an enemy before they even grow in our lives and get out of control is to constantly upkeep your relationships, to keep your eye on that, to realize the spiritual truth that you have an enemy, Christian. If you're a Christian, you have an enemy uh, that is working against you to divide you. He, he, this enemy is trying to undo everything that God is trying to do in your life. And so that means if there is a friendship, a relationship, a marriage, uh, whatever, uh, that type of relationship in your life that is good, that is helping you grow in your love of God and love of people, that has a blessing to you, the enemy wants to tear it down. The enemy wants to to build a wall between it and divide it by any means possible. And so it takes these little tweaks, these little upkeeps in these relationships. We don't need to let things fester. We want to give them plenty of chances to heal so that we we turn enemies into friends before they ever get that far, right? But that being said, let's say you do have an enemy. Let's say that someone is is an enemy of your life and that that's someone that is fundamentally set against you that was actively pursuing uh, not your good but evil in your life. By the way, not necessarily a rival. A rival is not the same thing as an enemy. An enemy is someone that is out to harm you in one way, shape, or form. What do you do? How do you love them? And I, if you want to go back, my sermon is up now on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, it's it's uh, First Things First, Part 2, uh, if you want to read it or if you want to l- listen along to it. But I laid out some, some ways that we can love our enemies because this is hard. Like this is the hardest thing to do right now. It's easy to take vengeance. It's easy to uh, to stir up hate. But the Bible tells us that we should pray for them. The Bible tells us that we should meet their needs, and when we do that, when we meet their needs and we're good to them, it's like uh, heaping uh, burning ashes and coal on their head. Um, we also need to keep our distance. No one says your enemy needs you need to give your enemy access. You should put up healthy boundaries. Th- those are all things I talk about more in my sermon, but I want to add a couple to it for the sake of the podcast, some ways that we can love our enemy. And one of those ways is by holding our tongue. Because, by the way, most of you don't have an enemy that's like, I mean, maybe you do, but most of us, uh, the enemies are, are non-physical. They're not, they're not coming into our house. They're not breaking and entering. They're not physically, you know, trying to harm us again. Maybe you do, but the most, most people don't have to deal with that. And so the, the battles get fought in conversation that we use our tongues and our mouths and our words as weapons. And James 1.26 tells us that if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. Some of you can't shut up long enough. Every time, every time somebody says something you disagree with, you got to add your two cents in. You got to correct them. You got to one up them. And what you're doing is you're, you're, you're communicating that your religion is worthless, that your worldview is worthless, that you have to go to battle and you have to defend your cause and you're not letting God do it because apparently God won't do it. Why else would you be doing it? Right, So if you do not learn to shut your yapper long enough that you do not have to respond to every insult, 
whether that be in conversation, it's uh, the way we all have been lately. It's it's all on social media right now. That is a cesspool of uh, of back and forth right now. We've got to make sure that we are holding our tongue. Proverbs twelve also says that that a fool is quick tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. Right? You do not have to. Uh, you you don't have a spirit of weakness if you're a believer now. You have the Holy Spirit in you. That that same spirit that uh, that was in Jesus that allowed him to be beat, that allowed him to be insulted and mocked all over the place. That same spirit and that same strength is in you. So if someone hurts your feelings, if someone insults you, if someone says something rude, you do not have to clap back at them. You can take the high road and be the bigger person. So you got to hold your tongue, and then that way you will love your enemies. You'll also help your own cause, but that's a, that's a whole other thing. Um, but another way that we can love our enemies is to make sure that we are humbly examining ourselves. If you have an enemy, there may be a chance, maybe just maybe, that it's not all their fault. I'm not saying that they should be your enemy. I'm not saying that they handled whatever situation well. I'm not saying that you're always at fault. There's going to be plenty, again, there's going to be plenty of times where uh, the world and your enemies persecute you just because you say, I follow Jesus, and just because you try to live your life accordingly. But what we have to do in all these situations is to humbly examine ourselves. Uh, Jesus tells us in Matthew 7 that before we go to try to uh, take the splinter out of someone else's eye, we need to make sure we remove the log in our own. Right? We have to make sure that therefore, if there is any faults that have contributed to the degradation of this relationship into uh, an enemy state, that we have to make sure that we uh, face our part of that. We have to uh, own our part of that if there is any sin involved. By the way, it's not preference. Right, just because someone, it could be that you're that the reason you're their enemy is because you don't speak to their preferences, that you don't do what they want you to do. That's that's nothing that you have to repent of, but you need to make sure that there is not a log in your own eye, a sinful thing that you have contributed to the situation. That's why Romans twelve tells us to be honest in our evaluation of ourselves, to take to to get out of your own bias and take. Take maybe talk to some Christians and believers that, you, that that normally hold you accountable, and say, "Hey, let me tell you this situation, and I'm going to try to be as factual and upfront as possible, and you tell me if I've done anything wrong." And here's the thing: this is what I've seen break down walls uh, in my own enemies' lives is the times where I don't always do it. I think sometimes it can be do more harm than good. But when the Spirit leads you to go to that enemy and and own your part of it and say, "Listen." I know things are messed up between us, but I just want to say that I'm sorry for this and I'm sorry for that. And I know you've got some things going on too. And I know it's not all one person's fault, but I'm going to try to own what I can do. You never know what that willingness bathed in prayer, preceded in prayer uh, will do to, to break down their hearts. And maybe that love that you show them will do something similar in their hearts to what the love of Christ has done in our hearts. Well, it reconciles this, this enemy relationship and turns it back into friend, turns it back into the good graces that we get to enjoy. We get to enjoy the good graces of God because Jesus and his love repaired that bridge. So get out there and repair some bridges. By the way, there's takes two to tango. So 
don't feel like if someone stays your enemy, it's all your fault. Do everything that you can do through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, through prayer, through sharing God's love to try to turn those enemies into friends. And guess what? Here's the thing. Even if they remain your enemy, even if they ratchet up that attack, God is your avenger. God is your strong tower and he will take care of them. We don't have to worry about that. Let him handle that. That's how you love people. That's how you love your enemies. I've loved talking about this with you this week. I hope that you share these podcasts. I hope that you use these and to live these out as you love God and love people and everything that you do. We're going to be back next week. I think we're going to be talking about, Lord willing, uh, how to make disciples. Because that's the next thing that God calls every Christian to do. So we're going to talk about that next week. If you need anything from me, amenben.com. Send me a message. I'd love to talk to you. Y'all have a great weekend. We love you. We'll see you soon.